Hey everyone, I am so excited to be back once again. Uh, I created this podcast in the middle of a pandemic and thought, hey, let's see where it goes. I uploaded a few episodes and then waited. And then on average, each week, I started getting around 355 downloads. Uh, and these numbers have been holding steady. So I want to thank everyone for their support, uh, including you, the listener. As we kind of work on the next phases of what this podcast channel will become, I I want to stay open to your suggestions about what you as listeners liked or, or disliked. I always want to know what kind of stories inspire you uh, or just make you happy to hear. So please email me at fantastictales4kids at gmail.com. Again, that's all one word, fantastictales4kids at gmail.com. You can also check out my film production company, dreamcitycinema.com, and see some of the latest movie projects I've been working on. Uh, my two kids and I, we play a lot of Minecraft. Recently, we started learning about how to create logic gates. Uh, logic gates are very, very basic machines that use redstone to operate a very basic device, like opening up a door or turning on a lamp. What is so incredible about logic gates is when you create millions of them and string them together, you can basically create what is a computer. And when you have thousands upon millions of these basic computers put together, you get a very complicated computer. In fact, there are some people on YouTube who have actually created calculators and 8-bit computers within Minecraft using nothing but redstone logic gates. That's pretty incredible. When I was a child, I used to imagine all kinds of cool stuff to build, including a robot. A robot friend was an exciting idea because when my friends went home at the end of the day, I'd imagine always having my own robot friend to play with. Playing with Redstone in Minecraft and learning more about how computers worked, I was inspired to return to this idea for a story. What if a kid could make their very own computer that could run its very own robot? Sit tight and enjoy the show. This is Fantastic Tales. It was a beautiful fall day. Charlie was at the park with his parents. Charlie was eight years old and he loved spending time with his family. At the park, he'd slide down really tall slides and get pushed up into the sky on the swings, really, really high actually. If there was one thing he could do for the rest of his life, he thought, it would be playing at the park. Not too long later, another little boy and his older sister came to the park. Charlie looked at them and wondered what they were doing there. His mom answered, They are playing here just the same as you. Charlie was confused. He decided to go talk to the boy. Charlie approached the boy and picked up a handful of dirt and showed it to him. Charlie didn't look directly at the boy, though. He never really felt comfortable looking at people's eyes. Something about it made him feel strange and he couldn't really understand why. Charlie took the dirt and smashed it all over his hands. He was nervous, and he thought smashing the dirt would spark up a conversation. That's what he thought, at least. The boy didn't say anything. He ran over to his sister, who was only a few years older than him. He said something that confused Charlie and made him a little sad. The boy said to his sister, That boy is weird. Charlie felt his stomach sink. 
He felt that feeling you get when you're really embarrassed or nervous or you feel like you've done something wrong. Sam, Charlie's dad, could see that Charlie was unnerved by the fact that his cheeks were red. He was blushing. Sam decided to explain this to Charlie. Charlie, it's okay. Sometimes people can't tell when you're trying to play with them. Charlie was confused. He looked at the boy and his sister. They were both saying something, but Charlie couldn't figure out if they were happy or sad. Charlie often had trouble understanding what people were feeling. Because of that, many times other kids just didn't like playing with him. That night, his parents read Charlie his favorite book, Aesop's Fables. In fact, this was the only book his mom or dad ever read to him. They had tried to read other books several weeks ago, but Charlie didn't like reading something new or different. Aesop's Fables was his favorite, and as far as he was concerned, this was the only book he would ever need. After the book ended, Charlie asked a very important question. How do you know what someone is feeling? His mom and dad looked at each other and struggled for a few minutes trying to figure out a good answer. Finally, his dad answered. Sometimes there are special people like you who are really, really good at looking at the world in different ways. Because you are so good at looking at the world, people like you can miss other details like what friends are feeling. And that's okay. Remember, you can always ask if you don't know. Charlie thought about that for a while as he fell asleep. It was a bit sad. He wanted to make friends and wished it was as easy as it was for other people. Eventually, his eyes closed and he went fast asleep. The next day, Charlie was playing with an electronic kit he had received for his birthday. The kit could do really cool things like turn on a light bulb or make a propeller spin, just like a helicopter. Charlie was really good at building different electronic circuits with the kit. He had read three different books on electronics and learned how to build basic computers that could do simple processes. It was at this moment where Charlie had an idea. He went to the library and checked out a couple of interesting books. He found some broken electronic devices in a nearby garbage. He managed to gather plenty of tape and wire from his garage. He cleared everything out of his room so he'd have as much possible room to build. Build what, you might ask? A robot. Charlie read as much as he could about basic computer logic. In a few short weeks, Charlie had created his very own special friend a machine capable of its own thought. Or at least this is what Charlie hoped it would do. He flipped the switch on for the first time, and the robot came to life. The lights blinked, and the fans inside meant to cool off the internal parts gently whirred. The face of the robot had two green lights for eyes, and a straight wire where the mouth was supposed to be. The wire was rigged up to a few small motors that could make the mouth move when it needed to talk. And move it did. The robot looked at Charlie. Hello, who are you? asked the robot. My name is Charlie, and I, I built you, Charlie replied. Charlie couldn't believe his eyes. He had created a real-life, honest-to-goodness robot. And not just any robot, one that could talk. You are Charlie, it asked. Well, what is my name? Charlie thought for a moment. Your name is Bitsy, Charlie said excitedly. I like that name. 
For the next week, Charlie introduced Bitsy to his parents and taught it everything about his life. Charlie really enjoyed routines, and he liked the fact that Bitsy enjoyed routines as well. In fact, Bitsy could be programmed to do anything Charlie wanted at the exact time every day. Bitsy was like the ultimate alarm clock. Every night, Bitsy would sing to Charlie and tell him a story just the way he liked it. Charlie's parents liked Bitsy, too. Of course, they still enjoyed reading Charlie a story every now and then, but it was nice having Bitsy there. One day, Charlie decided to bring Bitsy to show and tell at school. He was a little nervous because he was worried the class wouldn't like his robot, but Charlie's parents encouraged him anyway. He was going to lie and tell his parents that he had presented him, but he found out that they had emailed his teacher and told her all about it. There was no way out. Since she was expecting it, Charlie had to present. There was no hiding Bitsy. It came his turn. He took Bitsy's blanket off, revealing him to the class much like a magician showing a big trick. His entire class mumbled things like, Wow, ooh, cool. They'd never seen anything like it. This is a robot I built. His name is Bitsy, Charlie said carefully. Talking in front of other people made him really nervous. A girl in the front row asked a question without putting up her hand. How did you build the robot? You're in third grade, she said doubtful. This is Jenny. She always enjoyed asking questions and being the most curious of the class. She was nice, just very, very talkative. Charlie was nervous, and he couldn't tell if the girl was being mean to him. Uh, it's a series of logic gates when installed parallel along an input-output chain of fruit. Charlie stuttered. What can it do? Another kid interrupted him. I want to see it dance. Pretty soon, all the kids were asking questions while the teacher was struggling to get them to show their manners. None of them were raising their hands, and being asked so many questions at once caused Charlie to cover his ears and turn away from the class. Suddenly, the room was quiet. The students realized that Charlie didn't like this. Charlie was often quiet, and many of his classmates realized that he didn't like being the center of attention. Bitsy stood there, equally confused and quiet. The teacher approached Charlie and put her hand on his shoulder. Charlie, are you okay? She asked. Charlie didn't say anything. She turned to the class. I know you are all very excited, but you must raise your hands before asking a question. You must take turns. The teacher then looked at Charlie again, who was still covering his ears. Charlie, would you like to keep showing us your robot? Charlie shook his head nervously. He was done with this. The teacher looked for a moment. She really wanted to hear Charlie explain this amazing machine, but she knew Charlie was probably not feeling up for it. It's okay, Charlie, you can take a seat, she said coolly. Charlie began walking to a seat when all of a sudden, something amazing happened. I have a question, Bitsy said, interrupting the silence. I am unable to raise my hand, however. The teacher in the class looked at the robot in shock. Nobody expected the robot to ask a question. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Please ask your question, the teacher replied. The entire classroom was silent as Bitsy looked around the room. Are you all angry? Charlie, his teacher, and the class looked bewildered for a few moments. Nobody knew what to say except Jenny. We think you're amazing. We want to know everything about you, she said. Bitsy took a moment to process this answer. My name is Bitsy. Charlie made me. I am a robot, Bitsy said. I enjoy reading books, playing with Charlie, and learning. 
the entire class was awe-inspired. Bitsy continued talking about himself, answering many of Charlie's classmates' questions. Charlie beamed proudly. People loved Bitsy. At recess later that day, some kids saw a bird squawking at random people who walked by the big oak tree. Jeremy, a third grader, looked and noticed a small bird of the same kind on the ground. "'Its baby fell out of the nest!' he exclaimed. All the kids stopped what they were doing and gathered around the tree. "'Somebody do something!' Jenny pleaded. "'That tree is too tall to climb,' Jeremy replied. "'It's not safe.' Jeremy could tell Jenny was upset. In fact, most of the kids were upset. They didn't want the baby bird to get hurt. Charlie was great at climbing trees, though. In fact, he went to the park every day after school with his mom or dad. But he was nervous. He didn't like the idea of a bunch of kids watching him do it. What if he fell? What if they laughed at him? What if? What if? What if? His mind raced. But he knew he had to help the bird. That's when he had an idea. Bitsy, you can help the bird, right? Charlie asked Bitsy. Yes, I can. I am a great climber. Except I still can't raise my hand. Charlie remembered that he made Bitsy basically able to do all the same things he could do. Except raise his hand, of course. Bitsy quickly walked to the baby bird and noticed the class looking at it. Is everyone worried about the bird? Bitsy asked. The kids nodded. Few said yes. They were all concerned. I'd like to try helping if that's okay, Bitsy asked. He was very polite, of course. The kids definitely said yes. Bitsy picked the baby bird up and climbed the tree. Once there, Bitsy put it back in the tree. The mommy bird seemed much calmer and stopped squawking after Bitsy climbed down the tree. The kids cheered. Bitsy was a hero. That night, Charlie told his parents all about the amazing day. It was awesome having Bitsy as a friend. There was one thing he thought about, though, so he asked his mom. I wish I was as brave as Bitsy. I'm glad he helped the bird, but I wish I could have been the one to do it. I know I could have climbed that tree if I tried, Charlie said. Charlie, his mom replied, you are Bitsy. You designed him to be just like you. But Bitsy isn't scared, Charlie explained. I am. I'm afraid of all sorts of things. I'm afraid of people looking at me. I don't like talking to a lot of people at once. I don't like loud noises. I don't like lots of things happening at once. I don't like trying to figure out what someone else is thinking. Bitsy does all the things at school that I can't. His mom sighed. She could tell Charlie was really upset about this. She didn't really know what to say other than to give him a kiss on his forehead. She continued reading Aesop's fables. He went to bed. The next day at the park, Charlie was on a swing while Bitsy sat on the ground pushing him. Bitsy, everyone likes you. I wish they liked me the same way, Charlie said. Charlie, you are basically me, remember? Bitsy explained. It was at that moment that the boy from the other day returned to the park with his sister. Charlie looked at him. He thought about saying hi again, but he was worried the boy would run away like he did the first time. So, he minded his own business. Charlie, why don't you try talking to the boy again, his dad whispered to him. I don't want to. He doesn't like me, Charlie stated matter-of-factly. That's not true. Go try, his dad said. Charlie really wanted to, but he was afraid he wouldn't know what to say, and the boy would just end up running away again. But what would Bitsy do, though? Bitsy, why don't you talk to that boy for me? Charlie asked. Bitsy thought for a moment. 
Charlie, you can do it. I know you can, Betsy encouraged. I know you can. Charlie really, really wanted to. He did. I don't know what to say, though. I'm not good at talking to people. Charlie finally confessed. I don't know what people are thinking or what they want to talk about. I just can't figure it out. Bitsy thought about this for a moment. The boy continued to play with his sister. Charlie, Bitsy began. The way to talk to people is to ask a question, any question. And when they answer, you listen. What if they're annoyed or angry, Charlie challenged. Ask them what they are feeling then, Bitsy replied. Of course, that actually made a lot of sense, thought Charlie. It was all so simple. In fact, this was what Bitsy did the first time at show and tell and when he helped the bird. Charlie took a big, nervous gulp. He walked over to the boy. The boy looked at him, somewhat annoyed, but Charlie couldn't tell. Charlie was nervous. He had no idea what the boy was feeling or what the boy would say. He then thought of Bitsy and how well he was with other people. Finally, he opened his mouth to speak when suddenly the boy interrupted him. Do you like swings or slides better? The boy asked him. Charlie couldn't believe it. The boy was asking him a question. Uh, I like slides. I mean, I also like climbing trees too, Charlie answered happily. The two talked for a few minutes about climbing, the park, and what their favorite subject was at school. Charlie would ask questions, and then the boy, Manny was his name, would answer. Then Manny would ask a question. Charlie would listen. Charlie thought about their meeting the other day. He decided to bring it up. I'm sorry about the dirt yesterday. I like playing with dirt. I didn't mean to make you mad. Manny seemed to have a realization. Oh, I thought you were making fun of me, Manny explained. Sometimes I can't tell what people are feeling, so I get nervous and think that they're mad at me. Me too, Charlie explained. I was worried what the other kids were thinking. I was worried what you were thinking. Over the next few weeks, Charlie and Manny became good friends. In fact, Manny was Charlie's first real human friend. And according to Manny, Charlie was his first real friend too. Charlie learned that Manny got nervous and shy in front of other people just like he did, and talking about it actually helped the both of them get better. One night, after reading Aesop's fables, Bitsy approached Charlie. Charlie, I want to thank you for making me, Bitsy said. And I want to thank you for helping me make friends, Charlie replied. Bitsy nodded. It is time for me to begin a new journey, though, Bitsy explained. I would like to start my own life and explore the world. I would like to meet different people and do the things people do in their lives as grown-ups. Charlie was surprised. He didn't say anything. He couldn't say anything. He felt bad. He didn't want to lose Bitsy. Charlie, are you mad at me? I'm having trouble figuring out what you're feeling, Bitsy asked. No, of course I'm not mad with you. I'm just sad that I won't see you, Charlie said with a tear in his eye. Bitsy moved closer to Charlie and put his hand on his shoulder. Charlie, I will be with you every day. We are both the same, remember? Bitsy said comfortingly. Charlie took a moment to think about it. It was true, he thought. I'll need you, though. I'll need you to help me not be nervous. What if I'm nervous or afraid again? Charlie pleaded. Bitsy nodded. 
We are the same, Charlie. Everything I helped you with was actually you helping yourself, Fitzy stated. You have the power to help yourself. You can choose to not be afraid and to live the life as you are. Charlie nodded. He was still sad, but he knew Bitsy was right. The next day, Charlie woke up and Bitsy was gone. The only thing he left behind was a note. Charlie picked it up and read it. It said, It's time to live a good life. Your life. Charlie kept the note in a box of keepsakes for many years. Charlie and Manny stayed best friends through high school, and eventually they went to different colleges. Charlie made new friends, and so did Manny. They kept in touch, though. Eventually, Charlie became a doctor, specifically a surgeon. It took him many years to learn, but he enjoyed it. It wasn't work for him. It was who he was. He got to fix people, and he saved a lot of people's lives. He did this up until he was 65 years old. He performed hundreds of surgeries and saved more lives than he could count. One day, his hand started to shake. Not long after, he learned that he would have to stop performing surgery. However, he stayed busy by teaching students in the medical school nearby. More importantly than what Charlie did was the people he met. The friends, the family, the patients he helped. The neighbors that lived by him the people that he saw in the grocery store, the regular folks he met doing regular things, like going out to eat, shopping, and getting his hair cut. His family, his wife, and two kids, these were all the people that made his life a good life. Eventually, Charlie grew old and lived most of his days in a bed or a recliner chair. One day, his son was cleaning out the attic, and he found Bitsy's note in the bottom of the box. It was the note that said, It's time to live a good life. Charlie's son brought it to him. What is this? he asked. That was from an old friend, Charlie answered, smiling. It's in your handwriting, though, his son pointed out. Charlie smiled. He explained all about who Bitsy was. After they read Aesop's fables, Charlie drifted off to sleep. Not that long later, Charlie opened his eyes to see Bitsy standing right in front of him. Charlie smiled. Did you live a good life? he asked his robot. And Bitsy, the homemade robot who looked just as Charlie remembered, nodded with a grin. We sure did, he answered. We sure did. This story was written and produced by Adam Orton. Copyright 2023 Dream City Cinema, LLC. If you like this story or just want to leave us any comments, please email me at fantastictalesforkids at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.